Welcome everyone to the C-Suite Marketing Perspectives podcast. I'm Steve McDonald, your host. And today we have on Brent Tillman of Social Sales Link. And we're going to talk about social selling on LinkedIn. We're going to talk about how do you build trust-based conversations on LinkedIn without being salesy, right? Which is building trust, not being salesy. We know in our world of ABM kind of conversations that take a long time, right? We have to add value. We can't just be salesy. So this is one of the most important things that we need to do. So Brynn, let me, let me pass it over to you to expand a little bit more on your background and what your companies do. And then we're going to launch into social selling on LinkedIn. Thank you so much. Yep. I'm the CEO of Social Sales Link and The Modern Banker. And essentially, we help professionals leverage LinkedIn in a professional way that uh, positions them as the thought leader, the subject matter expert, attracts and engages their targeted audience, and help them leverage their social proximity to start trust-based conversations without being salesy. You nailed it. Well, go on. Good. I got that right. Well, let's start out then with what's the problem? Kind of frame the problem that you're solving for your clients. And then we'll get into what you recommend and, and, and what we should all be doing. Yeah. So first, I mean, we'll start with kind of what we hear and then what's broken about it, right? So ultimately, what we're hearing from professionals, business development professionals, and by the way, even executives that are responsible for business development are facing this, right? Like the selling CEO, thousands of connections, but no conversations. Uh, when they ask for conversations, they get ghosted. No one's interested in having those conversations. When they share content, no one engages. And they're constantly hearing that everyone needs to be on LinkedIn and using it, but they can't figure out how. So that is like, that's, that's the feeling out there, right? What, what people are getting. Now, why is that happening? Well, the first thing is that their profiles are self-centric, not value-centric. So it's about my resume, not about being a resource. Unless you're looking for a job, no one cares about your president's club. No one cares that you're, you know, you've made 150% of quota. In fact, when you say you're a great negotiator, you're actually repelling your prospects. They don't want to work with a great negotiator. They want to work with someone who is a great resource. So we have to shift from a resume to a resource in order for the, the, the profile to, to work. So what's broken is it's still your self-centered, self-centric uh, resume. Cold calling on LinkedIn is awful. Now you may hear cold calling is still great. People love cold calling, it works. Well, I don't know anyone that truly loves it. And I'm not saying that it doesn't work, but it is absolutely ineffective on LinkedIn. And the reason is we are victims every single day of the connect and pitch. And, and that's what cold calling is, right? And uh, we're just deleting. And, and the more we get them, the more adverse we are to responding or engaging. So it just doesn't work. So I have a couple of questions because- Yeah, go ahead. We already covered a whole bunch right here, right? So, hey, we go on the LinkedIn all the time. And there's definitely people that are nailing it, right? There's all kinds of people and companies that are posting and it's like, there's no engagement, right? It's like a ghost town, right? But 
companies, big companies, important companies, enterprises, right? They all have a LinkedIn strategy. They're at least posting regularly on LinkedIn, right? And you see individuals that are posting regularly on LinkedIn. Yet it's not like the other social network, right? It's not like Facebook. It's not like Twitter. It's not like where you get Instagram, all this engagement and likes and hearts and different things. And so it kind of leaves you a little bit empty in terms of, okay, why am I doing this? Why am I putting this effort out? Yeah. And then the second time is, yeah, we all get all those connection requests on a constant basis. I'm like, I have no idea who you are. And you're like, you're selling me a pitch in the connection request. And I have no idea who you are. Please go away. <laughs> right. And what a waste of their time. And then we go, oh, well, it's a volume game. It, I mean, it, it's, it's such a waste of time. And by the way, unlike cold calling where someone will hang up on you or delete the, the voicemail, on LinkedIn, they see your photo, your company, your logo, your brand. Like, this is not a net neutral Cold calling on LinkedIn is not a net neutral effect. It is a negative effect. It will hurt your business. It's not like, oh, I throw enough on the wall, some will stick. No, 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 no. You're throwing it on the wall, it's gross. <laughs> it's, it, it, yeah, and, and the, the negative reputation will stick uh, much faster than it would in any kind of cold call, on like phone call, cold call. So tell us a little bit about the, how do we productively use LinkedIn? Mm -hmm. Because the vast majority, like I was just saying, vast majority of companies and individuals don't look like they're doing it well because mm -hmm. there's such a lack of engagement. So therefore we do think, why are we spending the time here? I've got a lot of places, a lot of channels, right? Mm -hmm. That I could be spending my time and resources on. Why LinkedIn? Great then, question. Yep. And then why or how do I create that trusted advisor kind of a conversation status versus just being salesy? Yeah, fabulous. So the first thing I will say at a high level um, is on LinkedIn, you have folks that are on LinkedIn for business purposes only. When you're on Instagram or Facebook, you know, they like you, they like this. It's a, it's a friendly thing. It's saying hi when you're walking down the street. Like it, it's a very different atmosphere. When you're on LinkedIn, you're focused, business focused. So one, I'm going to go to this mistake and then answer your question. One of the mistakes is on LinkedIn, because it's business focused, we start sharing content that we want them to know versus content that they want to engage on. And there's a big difference, right? So I have a financial services client who started sharing a ton of content, was getting some engagement, but it was all engagement from other financial services folks. And he's like, why? That's not who I want. So, well, you're sharing content that you care about. So your peers are going to care about it. What do the, your prospects care about? What do they want to engage on? So that's number one. They have to share content. Now, it needs to lead back to your solution. I'm not just saying, hey, you know, they like what, you know, what the top five Netflix movies are and you're a financial professional. I don't think you should be sharing that. But you need to find what is the bridge, right? What is the bridge between what you do and what they care about? That, that's really important. And that's your content. Your content is going to fall there, right? So that's really important. Now, social selling content. Well, lots of different content. There's branding content. There's, you know, 
amplification, employee amplification content. Um, there's new employee content that we want to, um, you know, welcome culture, like company culture content, all different kinds, all of them matter. But what I'm going to talk about right now is social selling content, content that salespeople need in order to convert their content into real conversations. And it needs to hit five points. I'll go through them quickly. And then if you want to talk about them, we can come back. But number one, it needs to resonate with their buyers immediately when they're scrolling. It needs to say, um, working with high-performing CEOs or quickly scaling CEOs. You need them to go, oh, that's me. That's what gets them to stop. They know that this content's for them. Number two, it needs to create enough curiosity in the first sentence that they're deciding that it's worth investing more time into reading it. If you can't capture their attention, they're gone. Now, this could be kitschy, you know, five mistakes um, fast scaling CEOs make with their marketing outreach. And they go, okay, I'm a fast scaling CEO. Um, I might be making these mistakes. I'm interested in reading more, right? So that has to be fast. So that's the first two points as to resonate, create curiosity. For this to be social selling content, which means that it leads to opportunities, right? It needs to do the next two things, which is it needs to teach them something new that they didn't know before that gets them thinking differently about their current situation. So mistakes that they make. Number one, they do not... Um, they do not categorize their email list based on persona. I have no, right? Like that's number one. Uh, number two, they think one size fits all in marketing, um, which means, you know, one size fits none, right? Uh, whatever it is. So now we have these mistakes, but along with those mistakes, we're going to tell them the insight. So it's a mistake and an insight, a mistake and an insight. All education, there's nothing in here that says, in this that says, we help people fix this mistake. Not yet. You need to show up. That's how we earn the right for them to care is you need to show up as a thought leader and a resource and have them going, boy, I wish I had that. Oh, my marketing guy isn't doing this, right? Like that's the goal now of the social selling content is to lead them to your solution, right? But remember, we've got to be talking about things they care about not about our solution completely, right? It might be, you know, how to hit, build your list to 10,000 ideal persona in 12 months. Maybe they care about that. We have to talk about, we have to teach them how to do it, why it matters, what we will, how it'll impact their business. And then number five, right? So we had resonate, create curiosity, teach them something new that gets them thinking differently about their current situation. And number five, critical, creates a compelling moment. We need to move them from lurker to engager. If they don't engage, we can't start a conversation with them. So there needs to be a call to action. There needs to be, you know, in, in comments, say the number one thing that you wish would change in your business by 2024. Put it in comments. The, the number one goal that you have. What was the biggest success you had around X, Y, and Z? Put it in comments. 
or if you know you're struggling with this, I've got additional ideas for you. Um, just DM me, and I'm happy to share them. Right? Calls to action. Does every piece of content need that? No, but social selling content does. If we want the content to convert, it's got to hit all five points. I love that. Even at the so there's a lot that I love it there. I know. Like, I'm like, you know, so it's interesting because we all know on LinkedIn that we can DM anybody and ask a question. We know that we can make comments down below, but if you don't spell out what the specific call to action is, then we're trained to scan and move on, scan and move on, right? So this is just kind of bringing it up to the forefront. It's like, oh, if I, if I engaged and, and intrigued you and you had interest there, there's something you should actually do. Let's just connect those dots. The other thing that I thought was really important was that, and this is like, you know, we're talking about social selling on LinkedIn. LinkedIn and Edelman did a big study about thought leadership, right? And the thought leadership expands, you know, for a company, puts you onto the, you know, the short list when you weren't there, expands the products and services that, you know, they are, they're considering buying from you. There's just a, a wealth of growth in terms of revenue opportunities that come from thought leadership. Mm -hmm. And Ford said it best, you're just saying, you're saying there's, there's a difference between the kind of marketing, the kind of content that you're creating. And they said that literally content solves problems, content marketing solves yeah. problems, but thought leadership sparks conversations because you're actually focused on them, right? Yeah. Your thought leadership is putting you as a salesperson in a position where you are a trusted advisor. So you're not talking product benefit. You're not talking about you. An advisor educates, teaches, right? Right. It focuses on, I'm advising you on what's important to you. How do you perform your job better? What are the trends that are going on in the industry? What are the things that you should be thinking about that maybe you aren't? That's what I took away from what you were saying. Yeah, and we often say thought leadership leads people to think differently about their current solution. Yep. yep. Right, that's the, it's, it's, thought leadership is about getting them to think differently. They, they, ask, they People don't want to be sold to. Nobody's going to LinkedIn to be sold to. They do want to be advised. They're right. on because there's, they, we feel there's an intrinsic benefit Right to be only, right. and and that one of those big benefits, yes, it's networking and all kinds of good stuff. But one of the benefits is there's a wealth of information and knowledge out there on this business related platform. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm I'm primarily there, right? Mm -hmm. so right. Tell me a little bit about um, that you start the conversations this way, right? Mm -hmm. But. You've got to be doing this on a regular basis, right? You can't do this once a month, put up a post, right? And, and expect you're going to, you've got to establish kind of a train of thought, the thought leadership in, yeah. you know, even if I haven't engaged yet, oh, I've seen five or six times where you've said something really interesting, right? I'm going to, now maybe I'm ready to engage. Like, right. What's the kind of cadence or what kind of a campaign should we be thinking about? Instead of just a post, which I think you articulated really well, but I've got now 
an ongoing business that I'm going to be constantly trying to mm -hmm. sell. What's the campaign that I should be thinking about creating? So there are different campaigns, right? Depending on what we want to achieve and what we want to do and how many resources we have to support the campaigns. But let's first talk about the three legs of content. There's curating content, other people's content, and putting your ideas around that. There's engagement, your uh, comments and engaging, which also shows up in your newsfeed, by the way. You will often see something that, you know, in, in your engagement that says, you know, Steve McDonald commented on this. Like that's coming up. It's not just posted. So, so the engaging is huge. And then there's creation. So let's talk about just curation for a second. And the campaign around curation of content um, is pretty simple. If you have Sales Navigator, we want to make sure that we're curating content from our prospects and our referral partners. So we could curate content all day long from Forbes, from, you know, all these great places. And, and there might be great content, but that's not going to help with social selling. It's another, it's another content. And, and I do it all the time, right? I want to share these great pieces, but it's about them being the thought leader. Even if I come, if I have my own text above it, I'm still pre presenting Forbes as the thought leader or whomever I've curated. And I'm totally fine with that. However, when we start engaging, and let me just say, and posting content, you can really only do once a day. As soon as you do more than once a day, LinkedIn buries the piece that you did prior. So for the best algorithm, the best, no more than once a day on your personal page. Company page is different, but your personal page, no more than once a day. You can engage 25 times a day, and all it does is help the algorithm. Now you might go, oh, how do I engage that much? Well, in the free LinkedIn, you ring the bell of all the people that you want to engage on your prospects, your referral partners, the thought leaders, the influencers. I have Brene Brown's bell rung. So I know when she shares something, she is a magnet for the people that I think would be great in my membership, right? She is attracting those people. So you find your influencers. Now I, you know, now I engage. There's an engagement strategy. So I'm going to use the, and Brene Brown may not be the best. Like, it might be Mark Hunter for me, who's, you know, a sales guy or Meredith Elliott Powell or Colleen Stanley, right? There may be these influencers that I'm not competing with. In fact, they happen to be referral partners of mine, right? I'm not competing with them, but they are attracting my audience. So this is the engagement campaign. Because you said, what about campaign? And I don't think there's a great curation. In the middle of this, yes. Because... What I think you said there is really brilliant, and I want to accentuate the point, is that taking your prospects, right, and engaging with their content, yes. it just brings you top of mind, mm -hmm. right, them. B, it actually, you're doing something for them because you're, when you comment, you're promoting what they just mm -hmm. said, right? Mm -hmm. So you're saying, hey, what you just said is important enough that I'm going to Amplify that out to my audience, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're taking their content, though, and you're making it a part of your brand, see, at the same time. Mm -hmm. Because this becomes now part of what you're sharing. So right. what I think is important about that as well is that 
you don't have to create all the content that is representing your brand because there's a million of great content out there. And if you start doing that with your prospects, right? In an, again, in an ABM world, we're trying to figure out ways to keep touch in touch in, in top right. of mind, right? right? So a great way to be top of mind with your clients is sharing their content. And if their Excellent. content is good at the same time, it becomes content that you can amplify out to your community. And it's just what you brought to them. You're this focal point of what's going on around things that are important to them that we're bringing to them. So when you talked about focusing on prospects, bells went off in my head mm -hmm. in terms of, wow, that's a really ingenious strategy. So I just wanted to stop and say, right, I love that. Well, that's awesome. Thank you. I, I'll also say you can ring the bell of people you're not connected to. So you can start engaging on content of your prospects. And now you engage two or three times and you reach out. And I'm like, hey, Steve, you know, I, I keep seeing your content. The, he, you know, because I've engaged on it, right? Um, I really love this. I'd love to connect with you and continue to follow your posts. And you know what yeah. else is really great about that? You get a hundred percent acceptance rate. I bet. I bet you do. And part of the reason why is because we talked earlier about the low engagement levels. Right. And here's how you work that to your advantage, right? Because if you comment on some of your prospects content, doggone, they're going to know about it, right? Because they are hungry for engagement on their right. content. They will 100% know. And they feel obligated to comment back. So all of a sudden, you know, not only do they, do they know about you, did you do something really nice for them? You commented and you, you in some way, shape or form, you, you added to why that's such an important thing that they were, they were posting about, right? You started a dialogue with them. You do it two or three times. And I actually bet instead of that cold connection request coming out of nowhere, right? All of a sudden, it's like you're a known entity. Oh, and they're thrilled to connect with you because you're amplifying their content. Absolutely, mm -hmm. hands down. Now, the interesting thing is, um, if you really want to do this right in nurture, so let's say I've engaged, I really like the content. Um, it's a marketing piece. The last one is a marketing piece from HubSpot. Uh, I really like it. Now I'm going to reach out and I'm going to do a little homework for a moment. I'm going to go to HubSpot or wherever she or he published from, shared. Um, or if there was a call out and I'm going to find a like article or a like podcast. So let's say there's, you know, a HubSpot article on, um, 10 ways scaling CEOs should be marketing, uh, on, on social media. And so that's what they posted. Now I'm going to go out and find something similar, uh, maybe how, um, CEOs can outsource their marketing to get work done. And I find that on HubSpot, not my own content, even if that's what I do. Um, and so I go find that and I'm like, and I connect and like, Steve, thanks so much for your great content. And you know, I'm sincere because I've already engaged a few times. Um, I'd love to connect. In fact, I have an, a, another piece from HubSpot. If you're interested, I'd love to share with you. Right. Now I connect. Steve, thanks so much for connecting. I really love the content you've been sharing. Below is a link to a HubSpot article I recently um, came by, and I really think it's it's right in line with what you were discussing. I'd love to hear your thoughts around it. And now I'm bringing value that is nothing. This is where trust-based conversations start. 
without being salesy. And if I can throw in one more thing, so now I recognize- throw in two more things, but then I got to cap it. Okay. So one more thing on this. So let's say HubSpot is attracting, or Brene Brown or Mark Hunter or whomever, right? They're attracting all of my people. And I'm looking, go, man, the people in these comments I'd love to engage with. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to like their comment. We're going to comment on their comment. And we're going to connect. Looks like we're both fans of HubSpot, HubSpot marketing stuff. Uh, I just recently heard a podcast uh, that really amplified a similar message. If you'd like, let's connect and I'll send you a link. Yeah. And now we're talking about the keynote of an event, which is the, the big post. But I can now network with all of the folks that showed up to that keynote. And we can start a conversation. Now, this, some people, you know, the, the connect and pictures are often like, well, it takes too long to do this. Well, if you want success, you need to slow down your outreach to speed up your outcome. You can do things very, very fast and have no conversations, or you can slow it down and treat the person on the other side of the message the same way you would if they were on the other side of the table and get to more conversations faster, even if it takes more time to get to each conversation. Yeah. I mean, if you looked at how much time it's taking you in the world of, I'm just trying to reach out and sell, right? And how inefficient that is and how much time I'm wasting doing that. Versus I have a very targeted list of people that I'm going to be engaging with. And by the way, everything that you've said so far, you haven't said anything about, oh, and by the way, I, I pitched this about what I do and I pitched this about what I do. You're just creating a trusted relationship, right? You have to do that, mm-hmm. right? That is the tenant of thought leadership. And in fact, um, there was a study that said, Having a sense, a, a sense of connection to somebody's brand, and you're talking about creating your own trusted advisor brand, right? Mm-hmm. Having a sense of connection to a company's or a salesperson's brand is as important as what they do. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. Right. How do you make them feel? Right. How you that's that? Absolutely. And so the last thing I just want to say that content has to do is it has to master the ask-offer ratio. We are asking them to pay for our content with their time. It is the one resource that they cannot get back. It is, you know, I I once had a, uh, well, it was a prospect at the time um, when I wanted to share content, they ended up converting. It's a great story. but the 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 soundbite that I want to pull from this is when I offered to send content, I got a message back that said, I'll pay you $250 not to send it to me. And I went, what, is, what does that mean? My time is too valuable, right? Like it was interesting. It was real, this was about 10, 12 years ago. And I just remember going, that that's amazing. Like that, that, that solidified this ask offer ratio. My content, when that gets into the inbox and they read it, at the end of consuming that content, they need to say that was a good use of my time. If they don't, they will never talk to you again. And you ruin the opportunity for thought leadership. So the ask offer ratio is I'm offering you content, you're buying it with your time, and you want to see at the end that you got a good deal. 
And our content has to 100% do that. Social selling content needs to 100% do that if it's going to convert the content to connections and conversations. So I've got one last question as we wrap up the podcast here. Okay. For everybody that's been listening, we've covered a lot of territory. If there was a single takeaway that you wanted us to him to remember after listening, what would that takeaway be? They care more about you engaging with their stuff than you pushing your stuff down their throat, number one. Number two, your stuff needs to align with the content they want to engage with, not what you want to share. So the first thing is engagement. The, do not send your stuff until you've earned the right and you earn the right by making them matter. Um, you make them matter by asking for a one-click vote. You make them matter by asking for a quote for an ebook. You will make them matter. And so once they matter, now your content will matter. So, but you, ha- you can't start with, here's my content. You, ha- you have to earn the right for them to care about your content. And when you earn the right, not only do they care about it, but they truly consume it because you, you, you know, you created a trust-based relationship. And the, I guess I know that's more than one thing. Your content needs to hit those five pieces. This is not about pitch. This is about showing up as a thought leader and a resource. The business will come when the time is right. Makes perfect sense. You know, if, if people had follow-up conversation or questions that they wanted to have with you, would giving them the link to your profile on LinkedIn be the way to do it? So you could definitely follow me on LinkedIn, but the best place to ask me questions is in our free library and community, which is socialsaleslink.com slash library. And there's a community where you can ask questions. And there are three of us that are always answering the questions in the community. And it's totally free. Great. Fantastic. Well, Brian, thank you very much for coming on and kind of explaining at a whole new level what we should be doing on LinkedIn. I really appreciate it. Thanks. I had a really good time.